The best way to predict the future is to invent it. Stephen Ambrose brings you up to speed on what the future holds as he explores the latest technology as it impacts our lives. Well, good morning and welcome to 2021 right here on High FM. And we move into literally the craziest new year anyone could ever imagine. And talk about an absolutely perfect song to introduce Tech Talk right here on IFM. And it was Joan Armour Trading with Talk About a Revolution. I mean, some of the words of that song dates me a little to know that I'm a big fan of Joan Armour Trading. But they go like this. Don't you know they're talking about a revolution? It sounds like a whisper. Poor people going to rise up and get their share. Poor people going to rise up and take what's theirs. Anyway, this is the tech show. But there is a revolution going on across the world. Things have gone completely nuts. Obviously, we're still living through the whole COVID-19 pandemic. And everything is still virtual. Virtual conferences, virtual meetings, virtual greetings, you name it. It's all online. It's all through technology. And the big event of January every year for the last 50 years has been CES. And CES has gone completely virtual. It's going to be fascinating. It starts on the 11th of January, um, runs for three days. They've got a whole host of keynotes, some interesting people. And what's cool is that everybody, if you want to, if you're interested in tech, just go to cs.tech, T-E-C-H. Check out their website. There'll be a ton of keynotes, ton of announcements, a whole host of information coming from the 11th. Though I'm going to be talking about that in Tech Talk Cafe a little bit later because the big guys have already started with their pre-announcements. There's some spectacular new tech coming from LG, Samsung, Sony being a little bit coy. But there's a ton of new stuff that's sort of pre-leaked or everyone's trying to climb on the bandwagon and, and freak out. And in fact, Samsung are bringing forward their the um, Samsung uh, Galaxy S range launched the 14th of January. Normally it's mid-Feb, thereabouts, but it's now going to be January and probably the products will go on sale before the end of January. So the revolution continues. There's just no question that uh, everything has been upended, schedules, timings, products, everything. And stay tuned for Tech Talk Cafe because there's some really interesting stuff that Samsung are doing with their TVs, which totally take into the restrictions and the realities of uh, sheltering at home or being in lockdowns or, or just not going to the office in general. So stay tuned for that. We've got a quick break for our sponsors, I see, at 10 past 11. And we'll be back with some more news and some interesting stuff straight after this. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. This is Tech Talk with Stephen Ambrose on 101.9 Hi FM. Well, welcome back and crazy year. I'm going to do a little bit of a wrap up a little later about the key sort of 2020 tech trends and a little peek into what's coming for 2021. But through all this craziness, and I mean, it is literally Dilly out there. There's just no other word for it. Uh, America's a buzz. They're storming the Capitol. Um, new president about to be sworn in. And all of this actually is impacted by technology. I mean, if it wasn't for technology, for cell phones, for the ability to see what's going on in real time, wherever it's going on, it would be 
unbelievable how slow everything would be. I mean, you wouldn't know what's happening until you get the newsreel back in the day um, of, of what happened in the past week. But so much is changing, so much is happening, and despite that, there are some amazing work being done by various people in the tech world, and there's some some truly incredible inventions, creations, evolve, evolving tech that has hit the market. And one of them, and one thing that is coming very soon, in fact, by March, in South Africa, which is critical to a lot of things, and I mean, we won't get into the whole 5G debate this uh, today, but I mean, there's no question that that's part of it. But that the government finally has um, announced six companies who are going to take part in South Africa's Spectrum Auction. Now, the Spectrum Auction is critical to the mobile internet in South Africa. At one stage, mobile connectivity or mobile communication was all about making phone calls. Then it was revolutionized by something called the SMS, which was simply a byproduct some techie figured out to communicate without making a phone call, which then sort of took over everything. And then the data revolution, the fact that you could operate Internet-based stuff over a mobile connection, completely revolutionized revolutionized communication as we know it. In fact, everything has gone digital. So the good old analog phone calls where they actually transmitted your waveform of your voice in analog to someone else, there was a little bit of digital in, the, in between, but mostly it was very basic. But today everything is based on data, based on the internet protocol. And that, the 3G, I mean, the 2G data was non-existent. 3G was acceptable. 4G started off really well and became and still is pretty much the de facto standard and the speed of that has increased massively. But the big news is 5G. And in fact, let me tell you, 5G is rolling out globally at a rate of knots. You can get it pretty much all over America, all over Australia, all over um, the Europe for the most part, Asia as well. In some places, they've turned off 2G and they're actually turning off 3G. So the 4G and 5G digital technologies are coming to dominate. And the benefit of 5G is, forget all the nonsense that goes around it, but the benefit of 5G is simply capacity, not just speed. It is fast, there's no question, but it is capacity and the ability to handle tens, if not hundreds of thousands, up to millions of connections simultaneously, effectively, and at high quality. So all this trouble we're having currently with everyone using their mobile phone for everything, where you, you have terrible voice quality, sound is terrible, uh, the internet gets slow and flaky, all of that, the promise of 5G, and I mean, nothing is ever quite that simple, but the promise of 5G is that none of that will be relevant anymore. You'll be able to get solid, clean connections at all times, at every speed, watch high-quality videos, send high-quality messages and video, and data over the internet, anywhere, from anywhere to anywhere, using simply a very simple mobile device. Well, they're not so simple. I mean, they're pretty sophisticated. But still, using those devices to do anything. So finally, but all telecommunications uses something called spectrum. It transmits in radio waves, in certain bands, in certain places. And the faster and the more, although they've got really good at using spectrum extremely efficiently, the more spectrum you have, the more bands you can work at, work through 
the faster and the more effective your communication becomes. And the one defining element of 5G is that it is not a single band product. So 2G, 3G, and even for the most part, 4G worked on one band. You've got so many channels, so many transmissions on a band, and that was the best you could do. Whereas 5G and the advanced versions of 4G use multiple bands. They can transmit and receive on multiple channels spread across multiple different frequencies and put that all together, aggregate it into one basic flow of information to your device or to the cell tower and give you much better robustness, first and foremost, because if one band flakes, another one picks it up, but also increase the speed and the, the sheer resilience of your connection massively. So the fact that finally um, that communication, ICASA has finalized six companies that are going to um, bid for all this additional spectrum. Obviously, they're the big guys, Vodacom, MTN, Telcom, Celsi, and Liquid Telecoms. They've now changed their name to Liquid Intelligent Technologies, as well as RAIN. All of them are on the shortlist to apply for all the new spectrum that is come, going to be available. And this is in the 700, 800, 2.6, and 3.5 gigahertz brand uh, bands. They're also intended to auction some in the 2.3 gigahertz band. That's currently where most 4G is. But um, apparently there are all sorts of objections, and there still are some court cases, and who knows? Nothing's ever simple in South Africa. But they were all confirmed, and this auction will happen no later than the 31st of March 2021. And for the most part, although 5G is available in South Africa, you can get a little bit of it from MTN, a little bit from Telcom. Rain has done probably the best job, but it's not proper mobile. It's fixed mobile. So in other words, Rain 5G is available across most of the um, uh-huh. most of the the major cities. And it's pretty effective. I mean, I get a solid 200 meg line. I think they've actually managed that. It used to be faster, but now they've limited it to around about 200 meg, 24 by 7, and it's very reliable and very fast. I know that other people have had tremendous problems with rain, but I took my little modem, stuck it on the roof on a pole, pointed it at the tower, and haven't looked back since. So there's a little bit of advice for you. Stick your your fixed wireless antennas outside, away from metal, away from walls, because wireless, unfortunately, is affected by all that stuff quite considerably. And the difference between a 30% signal and a 70% signal is massive in terms of speed and reliability. So it's good news that finally these have been um, set out. These six companies are going to bid for all the spectrum. It's going to cost them a bomb which uh, is going to be quite interesting to see where that goes. But the benefit of all this is that finally, I think they'll all have enough spectrum to start rolling out the more advanced technologies like 5G um, at a much quicker rate. And there's no question that 5G mobile phones are now coming even at the lower end. So the mid-range pricing phones are coming with 5G. Though on a phone, maybe 5G won't be big deal in terms of speed, but it should be a big deal in terms of just sheer reliability and quality. So voices, voice calls should get better and the reliability of using your phone for the internet should be far superior. So looking forward to that and um, hopefully that there won't be any future delays because there are both MTN are indicating they want to take ECASA to court and Telcom has taken ECASA to court. So stay tuned and uh, see and I'll keep you informed on what's going on in that space. 
But Spectrum is the lifeblood of, blood of mobile. It will result in lower prices. It will result in higher speeds. It will re- result in better quality and much greater capacity. And with all this that's going on, we're not going to be out of the woods with COVID and staying at home and working from home for a while. So I'll be back with Tech Talk Cafe and talking all about CES and what's going on there straight after this. IFM 101.9 megahertz of life. Well, welcome back. And as I was saying, CES 2021 has gone completely and utterly virtual. Every single part of it um, is going to be broadcast pretty much, uh, I wouldn't say, well, partially live and partially not live. But um, there's no question that uh, from being this Huge. In fact, there's a lot of talk that the 2020 uh, CES um, event was a super spreader event of great note because understand tons of Chinese companies, certainly a whole lot from uh, Wuhan, were at the event. And uh, perhaps that's where COVID started, but let's not cast any shade on CES and what they've done. But CES has always been a massive event with regard to product announcements, most tech companies, most aspirant tech companies, many upcoming new technology solutions, products, and and events are sort of focused on the beginning of the year. Understand that it happens in Las Vegas where it's still winter but not terribly cold, and you get something between 150 to 170,000 visitors, three, 4,000 exhibitors, and hundreds of thousands of support people who all gather in Las Vegas to make this quite the tech event of the year. Well, COVID not willing, no tech event is happening in Las Vegas. It must be a rather sad place at the moment. Not that I miss the madness of CES. It has always been a complete and utter bun fight. You can never get near the stands. Even the press conferences were oversubscribed by the, by the, um, by the thousands. I mean, they, they had, for example, the big one, Samsung, have a press event. Maximum number of people they can have is two and a half thousand, and there are registered somewhere between four and five thousand press members at the event. So no point in flying all the way to Las Vegas, sitting in your hotel room or sitting on uh, uh, outside a, a, a press conference to watch the streamed video. Well, the good news is, as I said, you go to their website, cs.tech. You can watch all the major press conferences as well as all the keynotes. And there's some really, really interesting um, keynotes that are coming out of CES, just as an example. So if tech is your thing, they've got Anne Sarnoff, who's the chair and CEO of uh, Warner. They've got Doug McMillan, who's the president and CEO of Walmart. Um, people, uh, well, This is very interesting. Dr. Lisa Sue, who's from the president of AMD. And the benefit of that is AMD, interestingly, the news came through now, AMD has finally overtaken Intel in the desktop space, which is a huge thing. Intel have dominated desktop computing and computing in general through their chips for decades. And with the mobile revolution, which they completely and utterly missed, they tried damn hard. It didn't work. They just missed it. Qualcomm, Samsung, Huawei, everyone just annihilated them for the most part. And now on the desktop, well, Intel, um, Apple have got their new M1 chips based on ARM technologies. And um, 
AMD have also completely dominated in the last year with regard to their desktop and laptop and uh, even some server chips. So the world has turned on its head and a, a huge, huge company like Intel, which were just, it used to be called Wintel, Windows and Intel, which dominated the computing space from the 90s all the way through to the late 2018, 2019s, has just within a space of a year or two completely and utterly changed. You've now got high-performance computers from Apple that trash anything that uh, Intel have at the moment, certainly at the prices that they're selling them at, and you've got AMD doing the same thing. So it's it's going to be very interesting to hear or see what Intel do to come back from this because they seem to have just lived on their little TikTok setup. You know, tick was a year of an update, tock was a year of big change, and that hasn't really done very well for them. But amongst all of them, they've even got Dua Lipa, if you're into songs, um, uh, music. They've got some really interesting keynotes coming on. But in the normal fashion, no one can wait. And least of all are the two Korean competitors. So we'll focus on those two right now. There are a lot of other press announcements that have already leaked out prior to the whole um, major CES madness that's coming. But two of the big guys, LG and Samsung, have leaked a ton, a ton of information already. And I mean, from... TVs, transparent OLED displays, all the way down to uh, ovens and fridges and smart everything. So the trend of the smart home, the trend of the connected home, and in the consumer space, connected everything has just become an absolutely huge, huge, huge thing. I'll touch on this, but both Samsung and LG will be unveiling huge ranges, as long as, as well as Miele, AEG, Bosch, all the consumer manufacturers of kitchen home equipment are essentially launching or, or, or evolving and continuing to launch their smart connected home devices. So from simple things like little robot mops and low robot um, uh, vacuum cleaners all the way up to fancy TVs and fridges and washing machines, well, one of the, the cool gadgets that caught my eye, and I mean, this is definitely uh, quite interesting, is LG have announced a new oven. Okay, and every every home has an oven, something you pop roasts and bake cakes and just do your thing. You set it at 180, set the timer, and move on. Well, guess what? Those days are long gone. They've now got a brand new fancy oven that does everything. It's a built-in air fryer. It's a built-in uh, convection oven. It's even a built-in sous vide machine. Now, for all you foodies out there, sous vide is the art of slow cooking at moderate temperatures of food over hours. So it can take 10 hours to do a roast in a sous vide. And normally it's done in a, in a bag, in water, with a little temperature sensor to keep the water and the food very, very, you know, at a very low temperature. Well... LG have now got an air sous vide. So you pop the roast or whatever it is you want to sous vide into the oven, set it overnight, can take as long as you want, and keep it at a low between 80 and 90 or 60 and 80 degrees thereabouts, and it'll do it without any water and keep the temperature in the oven exactly right for what you need. And the and all of this obviously works with their Think IQ app. So you can see what's going on while you're in bed or while you're in the, at the office during the day. So 
the ability to control your entire house, the air conditioning, your washing machine, the dishwasher, your oven, your fridge. They've even got cameras in fridges now. Um, the new ranges have all got cameras with little RFID sensors. So, you know, if your milk's got an RFID sensor, you can see when it was bought, when its expiry date is, and it'll tell you what's going off and what you need to order. It'll automatically populate a shopping list, all this type of stuff. And it's all operated, obviously, through um, through an, an app on your phone. So more and more, all of this is coming together with your TV and everything. But the big news, always the big news at CES is TVs. And Samsung last night had what they call their first look um, press conference. And essentially, some they, they set out their, their vision for their new TVs. And some surprising technology has come of it. But what is really, really interesting is that they they started off by saying that, you know, obviously the last year has been transformative for most of the world. So many things have changed. So many things have happened. But they've gone very green. Now, I do recall when I, back in the day when I bought myself a big TV, came, remember the big tube TVs, we're talking before flat screens, it came in a humongous box. That became the best thing the kids ever got. It was their best toy that you've ever seen. They used, they used that box as a cave, as a, oh, who knows what. They were in and out of that box. And, and big boxes were, were great fun things to play with. And obviously you don't buy TVs every, every two minutes. So not often you've got such big boxes in the house. Well, they've done the coolest thing. Obviously they're going green. They were talking about saving the environment. They've changed their packaging. But what they did is they created a competition online where people could create things with packaging. So the packaging, obviously, they've dropped stickers and color and they're trying to save, you know, the environment and all that good stuff, which I'm entirely for. It's definitely not a bad thing at all. But more than that, instead of all that foam and plastic and stuff that you generally find in a TV box, what they've done is created a box that unfolds after protecting your TV with full pop-out instructions on how to make furniture how to make little riding things, how to make cat houses, how to make all sorts of useful bedside tables for one was one of the things that came out of it. So what you do is you unpack your TV, you take the box, you pop out all the various bits and pieces that we use to protect the TV, and you can build stuff with that box. Now, it sounds lame, but I just think it's absolutely brilliant. They've got a rocking horse they had a couple of other little things, and all of this is coming with all the new TV range that's going to be sold during 2021. So I think it's genius. I think the good old days of giving your kids or, or whatever, your family, the box to play with just worked so well. You spend a ton of money on fancy toys, and the kids love a box better than that and get a lot more utility and fun out of that. So here they've taken that absolutely to the next level, and cardboard. Reinforced or multi-layer cardboard can be incredibly strong and pretty pretty useful. So they finally sort of created a bit of a second life for the packaging that comes with the TV. But not to detract from what they've done on the TV side. Now you may or may not know that currently there are two types of two types of TV um, technologies in the world. There are a couple others, but the two main ones are LCD, which has been around since the beginning of um, liquid crystal and LED TVs, 
have been around since the day that flat screens became a thing. Initially, they all had fluorescent backlighting because LCD is a passive technology. In other words, the actual LCD screen blocked and concentrated different colors and emitted different colors from a backlight through some lenses through the screen, and that's how you got a picture. Obviously, all controlled by a little computer that put it all together. That evolved over time to get rid of those um, fluorescent lights into LED backlights. Now, it didn't change the very structure of how these things worked, because what happened is that the LED backlight um, was simply replacing the the um, the fluorescent tube. But as the technologies developed, they used more and more LED backlights, and they used far and they used to have local dimming zones. And some TVs had up to four or five or six thousand different um, LED zones. And the benefit of this was simply to give you more control over the light because the biggest challenge with LCD is that you could never get true blacks because ultimately an an LCD screen couldn't block 100% of the light coming through. It could block most of it, but it couldn't block it all. So you always had a bit of a gray cast, a little bit of blooming. The pictures weren't particularly contrasty and they weren't great because of that. Obviously, um, that has improved dramatically over the years, and some of the current LCD or LED-type LCD screens are very good. They've got good blacks, they've got solid contrast, but ultimately they're nowhere near as good as a newer technology, which has dominated the TV space, and that is LG's OLED TV, which is organic light-emitting diodes. The big difference, it's an emissive uh, technology. In other words, every single dot on the screen emits its own light. So every single dot on the screen is its own LED, which emits light. So you don't need backlights. You don't need anything to create light. You haven't got an LCD um, screen in front, you know, blocking light or trying to change light and do things to it. So it was, they could be much thinner. The blacks could be infinite because off is off, black is black, um, light is light. The downside of OLED was twofold. The first is that the earlier generations had something called burn-in. You could get some patterns on the screen because the actual LEDs themselves could create, could have a little bit of a retention of a picture, which is not cool. The other thing um, that that came is they have a, a fairly they're organic light-emitting diodes, so their life was a little bit um, circumscribed. I think they were talking about 50,000 hours maximum. They faded, the colors went off a little, and I've got a first-generation yeah, I think it's a first-generation um, TV. It's been it's about six years now, um, LG, and it's still very good, but I can see that it's starting to fade a little. I suppose six years is a good life for any consumer electronics. So these are not huge issues, but they are issues. Now, what Samsung have done, have launched, and a couple of other companies have done the same thing. Obviously, Samsung spin it in a big way, but what they call the new, the new Neo, NEO QLED, and micro-LED ranges, which um, are part of the whole new generation of TVs. They're coming in 8K and 4K models, and they 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 boast what they call the quantum mini-LEDs, um, which are a mere 2.5% the size of conventional LEDs. But what this all translates into is that instead of using a traditional lighting structure behind an LCD screen, what they've done is using their quantum the quantum dots, which concentrate the light um, 
and, and, and actually operate uh, as the LCD type screen. They're using LEDs in a massive array with millions of, of um, light sources right behind these quantum dots, which give you almost, almost, uh, from what I've seen and what I've read, I haven't seen these physically, but I've seen other TVs that use a very similar type of, of structure. It gives you almost the same black levels and contrast levels of OLEDs without the downsides. None of the burn-in and none of the, um, the longevity issues because they're inorganic LEDs. Uh, and also, they also give far higher peak brightness than OLED. The benefit of OLED being with such massive contrast is you don't need to get as bright because the blacks are blacker. So the, dif the difference between dark and light is massive, and that's all your eye really needs to see. I still believe that currently OLED technology will give you the best and most natural picture, but I haven't seen these new Neo QLEDs. should be very interesting to see where they go. But the light source is controlled by this quantum matrix technology, which is a fancy way of saying the computer now controls the, 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 the micro LEDs behind each one of the um, emissive, the non-emissive light concentrators, which is the, the QLED uh, bits, and allows the blacks to be enormously better, stops blooming. In other words, when you see words, white words on a black screen, there's a bit of a halo around the white words. It controls that massively. And they believe that that, um, along with a brand new processor, TVs have become computers. There's no doubt. You run apps on them. You can browse the web on them. There's Wi-Fi built in. These new ones, in fact, all TVs can take cameras, which creates all sorts of interesting stuff. So these new Neo QLED TVs really do seem to have bridged the gap to a large extent between OLED, certainly entry-level OLED, and um, the old LCD or QLED or other types of TVs. So it'll be very interesting to see what and how good they are. They look spectacular. They've really cleaned it up. There's no bezel. In other words, the TV stretches from edge to edge. There's no surround. They look super futuristic. And I think that's quite a, quite a big step for them because I, I do believe that in picture quality, they were lagging a little behind their competitor, LG, and now brought it right up to date with the new QLED. It should be very interesting. What they've also done is worked some, some big time on the software and created a um, Samsung Health and Smart Trainer. So together with a camera, you can do so many different things. You can, you can do all your Zoom calls on there. There's a lot of gaming enhancements, a lot of stuff that focuses on what's been going on around working from home, training at home, doing things at home. What they've also announced, I see my time is running out fast for, <laughs> for um, Tech Talk Cafe. But the next thing they announced beyond that, oh, one interesting thing. They're new. This is just genius. I don't know why every remote control is not this way. All their new remote controls for these new TVs have got self-charging um, strips in them. So all you need to do is leave them turned upside down in the sun, and they've got a little charging strip at the back, and it'll, you never need to put batteries in your remote again. So brilliant. Instead of running around looking for new remotes, uh, new batteries for your remote when you desperately want to watch some TV, you just turn on the lights and your remote will charge all by itself. So pretty genius, if I have to say so myself. And I think we just have to break for a quick uh, shout-out from our, our sponsors. 
But uh, I'll just wrap this up because there was another announcement from Samsung around their TVs last night as well. And uh, it's quite a big deal as well. So we'll be back straight after this. IFM 101.9 megahertz of life. This is Tech Talk with Stephen Ambrose on 101.9 High FM. Well, welcome back. And as I was saying, there's so much to talk about with CS coming around the, the corner in a huge, huge, huge way. But the other thing that Samsung announced, and I'll get to my gadget of the week in two seconds now. There's so much more, but we will dedicate the whole of next week to CES and all the greatest and latest new inventions. But they introduced another new TV called micro LEDs. Now, the the LEDs that they use in the QLED, there are a couple of hundred thousand of them, um, and definitely it replaces backlighting with a far more far better solution. But overall, it remains a non-emissive technology. In other words, every little quantum dot on the on the screen is not transmitting light like OLED. However, not last year, but the year before, Samsung introduced something called micro LED and they showcased the first one on at CES. And what that did, it used a, a, a tiny micro LED, which is completely and utterly emissive. In other words, it's exactly like an OLED uh, emissive dot. Each dot on the micro LED TV is emissive. It projects its own light. It doesn't need any backlight which simplifies the structure, improves the quality, and gives them far greater control over the picture. Now, you imagine with 8K resolution, we're talking about millions upon millions, up to 24 million uh, little little LEDs all emitting light. And there's a couple of other things. They've now launched the TVs um, commercially from 110 inches down, um, and they bring out a 99-inch version and a couple of other smaller ones, but the benefit of this TV is twofold. One, it's a fully emissive technology. So it's super slim, super thin, um, and super bright because these are non-organic LEDs, so they can go much brighter. But more important than that, and this is what and I've seen the quality of these. These are pretty spectacular. More important is that the micro-LED TVs are modular. So the 110-inch version that you buy is made up of a number of individual little panels that can be rearranged in any shape, size, or form. So you can take, theoretically, they haven't done this yet. Obviously, they're still selling it packaged as a, as a complete unit. But with, with time, and they said this specifically, in the, in the nearest future, they'll offer you the ability to build any size, any, any shape, any form of TV with these new micro LEDs because they simply plug together seamlessly, so you don't see where they join. You simply get a massive TV. And um comes with built-in speakers, comes with everything built in. So it should be quite a revolution, because this is the first technology that is truly competitive with um, OLED. Uh, obviously, it's a very premium price right now. OLED's still being cheaper, but the micro-LEDs are the sort of pinnacle of emissive TV technologies. Being Inorganic LEDs, they do not suffer from the burn-in or the burn-out of OLED, and they can go a lot brighter. So I've seen them in, in massive halls. They use them for similar technology for outdoor displays. So should be very, very interesting to see where these TVs go and how the prices go. But expect a micro-LED type TV um, 
in the nearest future. But Samsung have announced they're now available. You can commercially buy them. Don't know when they'll hit South Africa. But certainly they are going to be quite a big deal going forward. So that was just the beginnings of um, of, of what's going on. LG also announced a whole new range of their OLED TVs. They've improved the brightness. They've improved a whole lot of functionality. Love actually the way they the operating system, which is a web OS. So there's some spectacular new TVs coming from them as well. And um, a lot of transparent OLEDs, which we should be able to see coming very soon. So you'll have windows with uh, TVs built in, which spectacular resolution too. So, so much to come from CES, so many new um, revolutions. And, and for the first time, many years of very stable TV updates and very stable sort of incremental improvements. I think there's some spectacular new product coming for 2021, which if you've got the cash, they're not going to be cheap. But if you've got the cash, I think you'll be able to get the most remarkable big size TVs at prices that won't be, won't be um, low, but they certainly will be somewhat affordable depending on the rand um, and everything else that's going on. But it's going to be a big step forward in television and television um, technologies going forward. Now, moving on to my favorite part, as you all know, I love playing with gadgets and I love messing around with the various technologies. Um, so my gadget of this week and something I've been playing with the last two, three weeks is a new set of earbuds from LG. And they call them the Tone Free. Now, there's no shortage of good quality earbuds floating about. Now, the Tone Freeze look a little bit like a black um, earpod from, from, from Apple. And they do actually compete fairly effectively with the new, ear, the, new ear, the new earpods from Apple. Except for one major thing, and I'll say this right up front. They tuned very well by Meridian. So sonically, they are far superior to the earpods that I've got. And... Some of the Samsung, though the Samsung, uh, Samsung device are also very, very good, but they are one of the nicest sounding, the most natural sounding earbuds that I've tried. And they've got the little stick in black, which is quite cool. So you don't, you know, the earpods come in white, which tend to stand out and everyone looks like they've got funny little things sticking out of their ears. These are a little bit more discreet. They fit exceptionally, exceptionally well. And with the Meridian tuning and the little app, they're very good at blocking out sounds. They don't have sound cancelling per se, but I must admit that for, the, for, for gym, for just general use, I found them incredibly effective at blocking out sound. And sonically, with the various settings that come through the, the tone-free app, you can actually get an incredible sound. Very spacious, very clean, good bass. They play reasonably loud, and they sound very balanced and very high quality overall. The touching, in other words, the controls all done through touch or tap, I found it pretty good. Generally, those are a bit of a pain because having to tap three times at a specific speed to change tracks can be a little bit of a challenge. But for most, for the most part, I found them incredibly comfortable, easy to listen to, and very high quality. The best part is they're half the price of the Apple EarPods and very competitive with all the others out there. The longevity I can't speak to right now, but generally I've had exceptionally long, exceptional longevity from any LG product. I find them to be high quality, very sophisticated. I've tried it on LG phones. I've tried it on Samsung phones. I've tried it on um, Apple phones. And on 
on all of these devices. They're quick to pair, easy to use. The sound quality is great. Um, they fit really nicely. They come with a range of little earbuds you pop in. And they come with one other little trick in this current day of craziness. When you pop them into their little storage case, they've got about 10 hours battery life, but when you pop them into their storage case and plug the storage case into a charger, they've got a little UV light which um, kills all bacteria in the earbuds as well. So if you're a bit of a germaphobe, and currently who isn't with all the madness uh, ensuing out there in this crazy world of COVID, they actually disinfect your earphones very effectively in 20 minutes once they're plugged into charge. So if you're looking for a pair of really true wireless earbuds, I've had no connectivity issues. The range is great. The sound is very good. The quality, the feel, the case, everything about them is good. Um, and the price in the 2,900 Rand range is about two grand less than the competing Apple EarPods. I mean, if you're a complete Apple fan, absolutely no problem. So we'll be back straight after this while I wrap up my tone-free earbuds from uh, from LG straight after this. And one last little app that I have to, you know, give a shout out to change my life for 2020. So we'll chat straight after this. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. This is Tech Talk with Stephen Ambrose on 101.9 High FM. Well, welcome back and into the last few minutes of, of the show. We're interesting. We had a good break and I mean, it's been interesting how it was semi relaxing and not so relaxing with all the madness ensuing globally. But generally, the weather was decent, didn't travel terribly far. So good and relaxed and lots of technology news coming. But the Final wrap-up on sort of my gadget of the week, which is the tone-free earbuds from LG with their UV Nano charging case, which they claim kills 99%, 99.9% of bacteria and uh, viruses. So they're always clean and, and, and ready to go. Available pretty much anywhere you can get LG or any technology. Check online, take a lot. All those guys have got them. I've seen them at roundabout 2999. They, they, as usual, have a very sexy uh, code called HBSFN6, if you're keen. There were some previous models, but this one's pretty new, pretty available. And I think one of the nicest, most comfortable, decent-sounding earbuds I've used for a long time at a price that is very, very, very attractive. So have a look, see if they meet your requirements, and I don't think you'll be terribly um, sorry if you do. So um, that wraps that up. And as I mentioned, the last thing that I want to talk about today, the last app that I definitely need to give a shout out to, is something called otter.ai. <laughs> now, I've mentioned this uh, on, on radio quite a few times, and I think I've, I've, I've written about it and spoken about it. But it started out a couple of years ago as a, as a transcription app. Now, transcribing what you, you talk about for a journalist for a lot of people, is a key, key, key function. And otter.ai, so if you're looking for any form of transcription app that automatically transcribes live recordings, anything you want, this is the one to look at. They've got some really great new technology now, which is brilliant. It doesn't work with Teams as yet, but if you've got a Zoom call, it'll transcribe your Zoom call 
in live real time, all connected. You can add pictures, you can add graphs, you can do what you like to it, but it's totally synced with your recording of your Zoom call. So I've been using it to record uh, a lot of meetings of mine. It gives you a great written record. It saves you so much time to listening to a, uh, a transcription because it's easy to record all these various Zoom calls and various calls. But what you can do is if you've got an audio recording of any call that you've made, you can upload it to otter.ai. It's available on your phone. It's available on your computer. So check it out. It's, it's, it's free for basic use, and it works extremely well. But if you want the full functionality, it's not terribly expensive. So check out otter, O-T-T-E-R, dot A-I. And I think if you have any requirements for transcribing or recording anything that you do, both online or in real life, just take your phone, leave it on the desk, let it transcribe in real term time. It's got AI functionality, which is brilliant. It, 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 it recognizes accents like no tomorrow. It's just one of the smartest, cleverest uses of technology I've had for a long time. So on that note, I'm afraid I've been told it's time out, time up, time to take another week to enjoy tech. I'll be back next week, same place, same time, right here on Kai FM. Tune in and catch up on all the news of CES. There's going to be a host of brand new technologies, brand new products, and, and a lot that may never hit the market, but are still super cool in any event. So stay tuned to Tech Talk right here on Chai FM every Thursday, 11 to 12. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008.